Right, so there should be, we're still in 2 Corinthians. Um, um, Paul, can we get a slide that says that and put it on every week, just like at the beginning, you know, we're still in 2 Corinthians. Uh, and there's quite a long chunk, and it's quite a weird chunk, really. Um, uh, and so I'm going to read the whole of this chunk. If you've got a Bible, it's 2 Corinthians 16 to the end of the chapter. Um, but it should be on the screen, it goes. Um, if, if you were here last week, who's here last week? Uh, Paul, no, that other guy. Peter, that's the one. Paul's the bloke who wrote, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, Peter did a good chat about the first part of this, and this whole chapter, and most of the next chapter, is Paul doing something really rather silly, uh, where he ha- feels he has to tell stories about himself that are like boastful, and uh, and we it's not we don't like people who boast, do we? Do we? I mean, you don't like me standing here and saying I'm wonderful, although I am. Do you? No, it's sort of wrong somehow, isn't it? Um, and, and, and Paul pushed into it. And this whole chunk, therefore, he, says, he keeps saying regularly, you know, I'm speaking like a fool. I, I, you made me do it. I don't want to do this. But he keeps doing it. And we've got quite a large chunk. Him just, But in it, he tells us stories about himself. And you get a window in, I think, to him. So I'm going to read this chunk. And I might stop in a couple of places, uh, Neil. So... Paul speaking, I repeat, let no one take me for a fool. But if you do, then receive me just as you would a fool. He's talking to a church in Corinth that he knows have been misled by apostles, by people going there who claim to be fantastic but have been teaching wrong stuff. And Paul's distant. I, I, I just it reflected this morning the fact that I got on the way to church. I was having a conversation with someone in the middle of Africa running a youth convention Children's Convention in, in, in Uganda, yeah? I mean, it's amazing. It's like all the time I can talk to him as if he's next door to me. But Paul's writing a letter to this church. It, I don't know, like I say, what the Roman Postal Service was like. <laughs> Maybe it's better than ours. Um, uh, but, but, but whatever it was, it, I don't know how long it took, but probably months for him to get a report from Corinth what's going on, to write a letter and to go back, yeah? And then get a report on what happened. It's like a long way. And so he knows there's stuff going on there, and the stuff going on there, he's having to engage with it to say, look, these guys that you've accepted as your leaders are just not good. And there's something about, I don't know what, we don't exactly know what the people, the false apostles, the super apostles, he calls them, we don't really know quite what they were saying. But we can sort of guess that they were saying, hey, I'm great. And in fact, apparently in those days, there was a thing where, where like speakers and preachers would like compete for how well they could talk. And then they would try and attract a crowd, and they would like charge for their for their lectures. Can you imagine that? That would work at school, wouldn't it? If like you had all the teachers would like do a sort of demonstration lesson and try and try and sell it to you. Come to my physics lesson; they're great. We're going to do, wouldn't it be good? And then you could choose where you went to. Yeah, James, what are you up for that, James? James is up for that. <laughs> Any other teacher? <laughs> and. And, and, and that's apparently what happened. These, are, these like you know, preachers, these apostles, these leaders of the church would do fantastic, clever talks and therefore try and get people in the church to come to their talk and then tell them. But they weren't, hadn't really got the best interest of the Christians in Corinth at heart. And so Paul's going to say, look, you receive me with a fool so I may do a little boasting. In this self-confident boasting, I'm not talking as the Lord would. But as a fool, keep going. 
Since many are boasting in the way the world does, that's these guys in Corinth, I too will boast. You gladly put up with fools since you are so wise. That's, that's sarcasm. Do you get sarcasm? All right. The, 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 but the Bible is for real, okay? This is Paul writing for real. Right? And that's a sarcastic comment. All right? you, you obviously put up with fools because you're so wise. <laughs> doesn't say, <laughs> doesn't put any, doesn't put a tongue out emoji can we put a tongue, can we just go on later with a tongue out emoji then okay okay that's what it's saying mm-hmm. uh, if you put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantage of you or pushes himself forward or slaps you in the face or charges you money and stuff next to my shame I admit that we were too weak for that exclamation mark what anyone boasts about I am speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast about. Here we go. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Keep going. Are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, exposed to death again and again. Five times I've received from the Jews the 49 lashes minus one. That, by the way, is 39 in case your math is bad. But they call it the 40 lashes minus one. Apparently 40, you can't, 40 might kill someone. So you gave them 39 lashes with a whip, apparently. Uh, three times I've been beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, danger from bandits, danger from my own countrymen, danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. Oh, my word. Whew. Tough life, eh? Now, why is Paul doing this? I've labored and toiled. Oh, we've got the US translation. And have often gone without sleep. I have no hunger and thirst. And have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Beside everything else, I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? If I must boast, I will boast of these things that show my weakness. The God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, is to be praised forever. Knows that I'm not lying. Wait, go back. Do that in a second. The, the great list of his dangers, actually, Neil, go back to some of the dangers, you know, the, the naked and rivers and all that stuff. Go back a bit. I mean, in one sense, if we if he hadn't had to respond to these people in, in Corinth, we might never have got this stuff put down. Some of it comes in Acts. Some of the stories are in Acts. Acts, as you know, is like a history. It's like a how the church grew out from, from Jesus' resurrection into the whole of the Roman Empire. And it tells us some of those stories, but clearly only some of them. Paul here goes through a big list of the stuff. There, are, I think I want to make like almost three points classic sermon. I'll tell you this now so you can wake up for point three and no getting near the end, all right? All right? Point three points. But I think the first point is this. Paul's experience of following Jesus, of being a Jesus follower, has not been easy. And he's listing this stuff because that is one of the authentic marks. That's one of the things that marks out someone who's truly trying to follow Jesus. Following Jesus, it doesn't mean that life goes smoothly. Get it? In fact, I think it's exactly the reverse. Now, I'm going to make Neil jump here. Because I'm going to jump around a bit. Can you leave out the Corinthians and go to the first? I think it's that uh, 1 Peter verse. 
the first of the other verses, please. This comes from another New Testament letter. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. And Paul says in Timothy, oh, keep going, that's that's okay. This one, okay. If you, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ, be persecuted. You can go back now to the second part of the one Peter verse. Brilliant, well done. That's it. If you suffer more, don't as a murderer or thief, don't suffer for doing bad stuff, or even as a meddler. <laughs> However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear the name. So the first thing I want to say is I think there's something here that we need to be reminded of that actually if we're willing to name the name of Jesus, to stand up as a Christian, to try and follow Jesus, to be a servant of Christ, then you'd expect to get smacked at times. Because God is sovereign. Amen? Who made the world? Whose world is it? But it's in rebellion, agreed? There's a fight going on. There's a battle going on. And if you stand up and say, I'm a Christian, you're liable to get into trouble. It's sort of like a natural thing. If you drop something, it falls. Gravity works. Or if you like, the earth sucks, as someone once said, but things fall down. It just happens. And there's something natural in the spiritual realm about if you declare that if I'm going to follow Jesus and try and love Jesus wants me to, I will get smacked. The world will go at me. Can't tell quite how, but it will. Interestingly, I think this is often more obvious when you're younger and in school. Because I think in school, often, that's what my experience was, if I told people I was a Christian, I, got, I, got, I tended to get persecuted straight away. Actually, these days, what sometimes happens as we get older, apart from the fact we can't do action songs so long without getting our breath, but as we get older, we tend to somehow manage to surround ourselves with nicer people. Look around you at the nice people. Sometimes even work in situations where we work in Christian organizations. So it's not difficult to be a Christian, really, is it? In fact, in some ways, a lot of people, I think, if you've got the trajectory of your life, do this as you think about it. I think the time you were most, have most friends and contact with non-Christians was probably when you're in school. True? I think as we go through life, sometimes we get older, we like move away from it a bit. Yeah? And therefore, when we declare, when we say, no, it's not true entirely, I'm generalizing massively here. I'll tell you what, though, the world does not like people who love Jesus. The world and the enemy is active. And there are times and places where when we stand up and say, I'm a Christian, I want to follow Jesus, and we try and live like that and do what he wants us to, it will, we will get smacked. We will get persecuted. Paul is quite an extreme case, I know. He's like the extreme case, five SDs from the norm. Oh, sorry, that's a maths thing. Um, uh, <laughs> who understood that comment? Yeah, okay, fine. Um, um, I mean, it's a long, you know, he's like, like, here's the normal. He's like most people, okay? Paul's like right out here somewhere, okay? Because he has called to take the gospel in lots of places where it had never been before. That was his job, an apostle. And he gets real trouble. Life is hard for him at times. And when he boasts, he's boasting about all that stuff he's been through. It's not a successful life, really, in one sense. 
look at Jesus, by the way. Jesus' life ends. Humanly speaking, we know the spiritual battle going on, and we know resurrection day. We know that he wins the victory. But what doesn't look like that, does it? He gets opposition. He gets arrested, tried, and put to death. There's something in this passage which I want us to remember, that if you try and follow Jesus, it won't always be simple. Now, the promise isn't that it'll be safe in the sense of nothing happening. The promise is you'll be safe because God's with you. Amen? That's the promise. I've got some verses of promise, I think, coming up. Have we not or not? Did I put some up? I put things like, I won't leave you as orphans, John 14. The first one should be John 14. Uh, and that's the cross thing. Keep going. I've done that. Forgot that. It's a good verse, actually. Though. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you, Jesus says. Next verse. This is just a whole load of things. You know a load of these. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. No. No, because sometimes the world wants peace where it's quiet and everything's happy. Do you understand? Sometimes the world's peace is, I just want to go and everything be happy and smiley. The peace that God, Jesus gives us is like an internal peace. It's a peace knowing that God loves us, even though it may be pretty tough, actually, living through it at times. Do not your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Fear comes so easily in when life looks difficult and we get scared of what's happening. Some of the stuff we go through is normal stuff, everyday stuff. Worrying about our health, worrying looking after ourselves, whatever. Or our family or friends or whatever it is. Jesus says, I'll give you my peace. I don't take you out of the world. I'm with you in the world. I don't take you out of the fight and the battle. I'm with you in the fight and the battle. I didn't stop Paul being stoned and whipped and shipwrecked and all that stuff, but I'm with him in it. Do you get this or not? Am I going too long now? Good, keep going. Next verse. What was the next one? I think, oh, Old Testament thing, the same. As I was with Moses, I'll be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. God will not let you down. Next one. Love this. And the peace of God, that's the same peace that Jesus says, which transcends all understanding. There is something about the peace that we have when you get it, which is just illogical. Sometimes you see Christians who are in, you know, life's pretty tough, and yet they've got this amazing inner peace. It transcends understanding. It doesn't always make sense. It's real. Quantum physics doesn't always make sense, but it's real. No more... Any more science references? Kick me, Sam. All right. So, okay. Uh, you, it will guard your. I love this. It will guard your hearts and minds. What? What are the? What, why hearts and minds? Turn to the person next to you and explain why he says hearts and minds. Turn to the person next to you. Why are the two things? What are the two things does it guard? What's hearts and what's minds? Come on. What's think, 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 think? What's hearts and what's minds? Why? Uh, hang on. Thoughts and feelings. I've got thoughts and feelings. Happy with that? Hearts are emotions. It guards my heart. It guards because fear often comes into my emotions. Right? I just feel scared. Peace of God will guard our hearts and our minds, our thinking. That's my problem. I'm not a very emotional person, really. Oh, good. There's no response from my wife. That's good. <laughs> Right? I do. I do thinking. That's what I. That's what I do. I work things through. Right. My head is a spreadsheet. Right. It, it just. It just is. 
That's the way I work stuff out. Um, I'm, I'm, I always say that's the way God made me, but maybe it wasn't quite. I'm, I'm really worried when I get to heaven that there won't be any spreadsheets. <laughs> It'll all be like poetry and stuff, and I think, oh my word, what am I doing here? <laughs> Occasionally, I have this view that you know, the beginning, you know, in Genesis one, where it says, "In the beginning, God said." Had it gone one verse back, like Genesis naught, it might have said, "God got a big spreadsheet <laughs> with a Gantt chart of how to do creation." <laughs> but my mind—that's that's why I want peace, so I don't let my thought, my my thinking go wrong. For me, that's where it gets. When I feel insecure, when I worry about stuff, it gets me in my, my thinking. And I start thinking, what if, what if, what if? And that, the peace of Christ will guard your hearts and minds, your thinking and your feelings. Because it doesn't, it doesn't ever say, I'll stop people getting at you. In this world, you'll have trouble. But don't worry, I've overcome the world, to quote. First point, and the main point, I think, from this Corinthians passage is, Suffering, bad stuff, is going to happen if you follow Jesus. How it happens will depend a bit where you are in terms of your life script and culturally and things like that. It's not likely we're going to get stripped naked and thrashed and whipped 39 times. I did toy with the idea of demonstrating it, actually. Um, I've never seen a sermon where we actually actually chosen someone and whipped them 39 times to make a real illustration. We're not going to do that here. No one's going to do that here. In some ways, it may be different but more subtle with the way people despise you and think you're stupid and slightly mad to believe stuff like this and that can hurt a lot more than the physical stuff sometimes sorry Zeke I'm coming to the end, it's alright and uh, go back to, can we get to the Corinthians passage please, he's quite right though. I'm, I'm just blabbing, Corinthians passage back to Corinthians where I didn't get to so the word weak comes up twice in this text. I'm going to do one now and then one later on. Let's read through again. Paul says, who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led to sin and I do not inwardly burn? There's something here about calling us to feel with other people. So point one, suffering's part of the deal. Point two, there's something here about the way Paul was as an apostle of Jesus, as a disciple of Jesus, is he, he lets you into the fact that he didn't just set these churches up and walk away. He has an intimate bond with them. The people he walks with, the people he knows as Christians, when they're weak, he feels weak. When they're in sin, he gets really upset. There's something corporate about this, guys. It's not just me and Jesus. It is me and Jesus. And I want to follow Jesus, and I might get hit with that. But it's also about together. Looking out for each other. I think we're not bad at this, actually. When you're suffering, when life is really tough, when you're weak, just get your head. What other person in church or other Christian looks out for you? And just thank God for that person now. Sit there where you are and just thank God. Maybe three or four people. As you sit here now, think of the three or four people who you will sense when they're weak and you want to be with them. Just thank God for those people. There ought to be more people you worry about than you know worry about you. There ought to be more people you care for 
than you know care for you. Because God only needs one person mostly to come support you. But you've got to have the cover. First thing that comes in weak, the first time weakness comes in this passage is when he says, Paul says, oh, when people are weak, I'm weak. Keep going. I will boast the things that show my weakness as, going on now, the God and Father, Lord Jesus Christ, be praised forever, knows I'm not lying, and then he goes on to give an example of his weakness. This point, by the way, I disagree with almost all the commentaries, but never mind. In Damascus, the governor's hard words coming up. The king Ariatus, Aratus, everyone pronounce it loudly together. Okay, uh, had the city of Damascus. I can't even say that Damascus. I Damascus uh, guarded in order to arrest me, but I was lowered from a basket from a wall, window in the wall and slipped through his hands. Paul tells the story, and he says that no, no one can quite work out why he does it. I think he does it to exam- exemplify, to give an example of his weakness. He's trying to follow Jesus. He's an apostle. He's like whoa. And when they try and arrest him in Damascus, what's he do? He gets into a laundry basket and gets lowered out of a window. That's a bit embarrassing, really, isn't it, for an apostle, don't you think? I, I, <laughs> um, you know, I love Laurie massively, but I would not lower Laurie in a, in a laundry basket. I think Paul was quite small. Some of the evidence is, no one really knows, he was quite little. And this is quite embarrassing, really. I think he tells this story because it's like an example of him being... I think he was half running away. There's nothing in Acts that suggests that. Nothing in Acts that says it was, but maybe Paul thinks, maybe I should have stood up and said, you know what I mean? Yeah? Listen, sometimes our weakness in following Jesus is the thing we boast about. In the next, bit of, next chapter, he's going to say, when I'm weak, then am I strong? It's when we're weak and recognize it that we can see Jesus' power works. Right, first thing, if you follow Jesus, you get smacked sometimes. Life will be, don't expect to be easy. It'll be hard at times. Go for it. Second thing, sorry, link to that, sorry. Peace. Always peace. Jesus gives you his peace. Whatever happens, Jesus will be with you. He will not let you down. He won't forsake you. He'll always be there. He'll protect your hearts and minds. Third thing, sometimes weakness is encouraged in the Christian church. And sometimes it's like this, where when we see our weakness, when we, we can say, oh, I've really messed up there. I suppose it slightly encourages other people as well. But mainly, it says, look, I, Paul says, I ran away from Damascus. But look what God did. God established the church right across Asia Minor, right through um, Achaia, through Greece, and far as Rome, through the work of this man, Paul. He did a great stuff for the kingdom, but it starts off rather weirdly, with a slightly embarrassing situation. Maybe this was one of the things the people in Corinth were laughing at him for. <laughs> Paul, is <laughs> that silly incident where he went, went through a laundry basket out of the wall. By the way, it's because they have like um, walls of cities in those days had, 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 pe- had sh- uh, houses in them. Right? So it'd be like a house on the, in the wall. And they learned death and, and he ran away. When I'm weak, then I'm most strong. The next chapter deals with that in more detail about how our weakness brings glory to God, and how it's in our weakness that we see most clearly God's strength. Amen?